everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. This is unbelievably season five, episode eight. We're just rolling along, rolling along. Uh, my name is Brock. I am the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional therapist. Tara, what's going on in your world? Oh, man, we don't have time to get into all that, but it's nice to have a little break from that to talk about some fun topics. Yes, Tara's a, a tad verklempt today. Can we use that word? It's verklempt. Is it's not buh? It's verklempt? I thought it was verklempt. I'm not verklempt. Her son's, There's just a lot of moving parts. Her son is with her sister today. and she, In New York. In New York. He left his mom. He left his mom, so she's okay. a little... You sure it's ver? It's not va? Anyway. If you're moving, Mike Myers. Yeah, okay. That's true. That's true. Talk that's, amongst yourself. That's where I got it from. All right. So one of the things that's been going on in my world a little bit lately that I wanted to get Tara's expertise on is I get to talk to a lot of families and, and folks at church. And it seems like one of the things that we all have a tendency to do, I know I have the tendency to do this as well, is to self-diagnose kind of what's going on in our world and put psychological terms and diagnoses on what's going on in the world. And so one of the things I've been hearing a lot lately is people saying that they're codependent. And so I don't know how to say anything back to that because I'm not really familiar with what it means to be codependent, or maybe I am completely. I just don't know how to define it. That's a better way to say it. But so I wanted to ask you to help us understand about codependency so that we can navigate that in our own world, um, see if maybe that's something to explore, but help us understand what in the world codependency is because it seems to be a big topic that I hear a lot of people talking about. So just for fun, what do you say to them when they say this then? I try to set up some things that are going to have to rely upon me a lot. And then if they do, then I say, yeah, you're codependent. Oh, Is that a, so you, you try to trap them? <laughs> yes, I'm joking. I don't. <laughs> Pastor Brock at his finest, yeah, folks. I just say, oh, okay. And I, I just kind of go on from there and listen to their story. But I, So help us, Tara, understand what codependency is. So essentially it's over-reliance on a person or persons. Um, a lot of times people will, will refer to it as like, relationship addiction, but kind of when I get into it with people is um, what we kind of start to see is that they don't know where they end and another person begins. So there's this unhealthy imbalance on one or both sides. Um, And so for the purpose of marriage, since that's what we're talking about, this would be um, one or both partners could display some of those traits um, and behaviors. So, yeah. So, if you're looking at codependency, so like if you're not codependent, but single dependent, (laughs) I don't know if that's a psychological term or not, but you're just kind of, you're navigating and, and taking care of your own emotions, your own needs. But if you're codependent, you're also trying to manage what's going on in someone else's life so that you can feel a sense of Rightness, so you can feel sense that you're it moving could, in a good direction? It could be rightness, or it could be, I mean, it, it depends on what it's stemming from, you know, but it could make us, um, a lot of times it looks like you feel this need or urge to, or responsibility, again, to to control or to fix or to caretake. Um, and so a lot of times it comes out of a good place, but and it's not ill-intended, but then it Again, it creates that unhealthy imbalance, and then you're putting all of this pressure on yourself and responsibility on yourself that was never yours to own in the first place. It's not just like you're being selfless and loving someone and serving someone. You are then trying to, again, and it can, it can even look like controlling them, you know, but if they're allowing it, 
then that enables you to continue doing that. But if they are pushing back, then it can cause tension and conflict. And then you feel um, unloved or rejected or, um, you know, shame. I mean, there's so, there, it's so many things. So essentially, you are denying your own needs and wants Putting that aside, sometimes you're even numb to those, and that's a whole other issue of codependency. Like, this can go hand-in-hand hand with addiction a lot of times um, or stem from that. But um, you are denying your own needs and wants and putting everybody else or the person that you're codependent with or in a codependent relationship with so far up there and ahead of you that, like, that that's your main focus. Like, that's what's driving you. Um, and if— that isn't reciprocated. You can get bitter and resentful and hurt by that. But a lot of times people strive even harder and have those behaviors even more to like to try and get love and connection and worth from that other person. So it's interesting. In, in the Bible, there's this idea that we're supposed to deny ourselves, take up our cross, uh, turn the other cheek, all those type of things. And so in some ways, as a theologian, theological person. I was going to say as a theologian. I don't know if I can class myself as a theologian. But as a theological position, it seems like that doesn't seem so bad. I mean, like that's kind of the the path of Christianity is saying, I'm going to put someone's needs above my own. I'm going to sacrifice so that someone else can have. So I guess as as a theological person, that's where it gets a little murky for me when Mm -hmm. we talk about codependency, and I don't completely understand. So help me navigate through that. And this is, you know, sometimes I think this is one of those things where you kind of have to like just start talking about it and putting the pieces together and then maybe even working backwards because it can be so complex and it looks so different um, with each person a lot of times, even though there are similarities and things, you know, in there. But to your point, to your question, um, I, I hear that a lot. That comes up a lot with my, like, not even just people of faith, but just people in general who, you know, want to love their people well or, you know, parents with their kiddos and again with spouses. And so it's, I don't like really the terms or the labels good or bad. Okay, We're looking at what is driving this behavior. What's your motivation? And then also what I call cluster. So like the, like these groupings of symptoms and patterns of behavior. It So to, to do a selfless act, to serve someone, to put someone ahead of you isn't quote unquote bad or a negative thing. If you're doing that all the time to where you don't even know who you are, you don't speak up for yourself, you d- you let people walk all over you, you don't feel good enough or loved if mm-hmm. you're not um, able to be in this codependent relationship and it be well received and um, have some kind of mutual exchange in there, even if it's unhealthy or dysfunctional, that's what I'm talking about. So what I encourage people to do all the time, and I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, is we're looking, I'm not asking people ever to put themselves above other people, but at least make yourself a priority as well. Put yourself up there. And if like, if you need to speak up or want to speak up, that's okay to do as well. So again, we're looking, and so from a scriptural aspect, definitely like the attitude of our hearts. Cause I think that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. That's what God looks at. 
And so, again, what is driving you to do these things? Is it a one-off or are these patterns? So a person could be serving someone else because they feel like this is a health, a good thing to do. They care about this person. And they comes, just want to do it. They just want to do it. They're motivated by a Christian sense of purpose. But it's like if they continue to do those things and they just continue to lose themselves in that, and they're not getting... And it's the motivation behind it if they're doing it because if I don't do this, they won't love me. If I don't do this, then some voices in my head are going to cause a lot of shame or whatever it might be. And so it comes from the motivation. Am I doing this to care for someone or am I doing it because there's a, a need inside of me that has to be fulfilled by doing this? Yes, and, yeah, definitely. Okay. And, you know, it can also start out from a really healthy, like, um, place where it's it's not necessarily a codependent trait. But, again, you just want to do something nice for somebody. You want to serve them. You want you feel called to do this thing. Um, but if that person doesn't want you to do that, or it enables an, uh, an unhealthy or dysfunctional behavior pattern in their life, or they're asking you to not do that and you continue to try, th- that also speaks to like unhealth. Okay. So that, let's take this to, to my language one more time if we could. All right, so I'm a big Seinfeld fan, right? Are you a Seinfeld fan? Yeah, we've talked about okay, this I'm sorry. like 47 times. I know, I'm sorry. My wife says I'm not aware sometimes, and I get in trouble. I actually got in trouble the other day at home because uh, Alicia was like, how old is Tara? And and, and I, I said, oh, I think, I guess. And she goes, you don't know, you're a really bad friend. So I got in trouble by not knowing Tara's I love Alicia so much. Age. She's so, so good to me. Yeah, so I, I guess early 20s, was I? Yeah, there yeah, you go. That's it, okay. Let's keep it there. But on Seinfeld... There's an episode where Frank Costanza, Costanza <laughs> is George's dad, and he's developed this little saying. He says, uh, serenity now, serenity now. So he's trying to just to, to live in that moment. Keep the peace. Keep the peace. And so, but at the end, he kind of loses a little bit. And, he, and then so George says, serenity now, insanity later. And so it feels like a little bit like codependency could be, I'm giving up so much, I'm giving up so much, that there's going to come a point where you just like... I don't know, break is the right word or snap or hey, I just can't do this anymore. Or, I feel so depleted that it's just my life. It doesn't seem to be going in the direction. So it seems like it's sustainable for a little while, but long-term it seems like this could be a really bad plan because you just lose yourself so much. And so there's going to be a moment. Because I, I talked to a lot of couples and either the male or the female, there comes a point where they're like, hey, I'm just done. And so that, that kind of, and maybe that's not the reason why, but it could be a, a player in that. Mm-hmm. That like I've given and given and given, I just can't do anymore. There comes a snap that takes place, and so yeah. is that even? Yeah, I mean, it, close. I think this kind of thing can go on f- for a lifetime, honestly. And again, depending on the context and the couple, it just all of that matters. And so it it's not a one size fits all thing. I don't. I can't speak to that like sure. and hit all those marks but yes you can get to a point where like you said like snap or just like break and you're out you know that can definitely happen but there's always clues and warning signs if we pay attention ahead of time now we may not be aware enough or we may not want to see them or our own wounds and Lack of self-awareness could keep us from seeing that, right? But there's always clues when it comes to this and what I call symptoms too. And so, and this doesn't just, it doesn't just happen. It it happens, there's always a reason for this kind of stuff. And it can be a difficult journey. And, but a lot of times this goes back to 
like our biology or like the nature versus nurture thing. I think both can be at play, but like our family of origin and like what was modeled for us a lot of times goes into this. How were like, how did your parents treat one another? How healthy was their relationship, your relationship with them and your siblings, all of that, you know, because this can, it's not just adults, like this can happen between kiddos and like the whole family unit. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, because it could be parents to, to children. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, even what I said at the very beginning with, like, if like feeling like your kid's behavior or, like, even what they wear is a reflection of you, and so you try to control that, um, or you overcompensate and try to, like, take care of those things before they even happen, that can definitely be a sign or a trait of it right there, mm -hmm. you know? And again, some of this stuff, like, when I go through these, like, item by item or give assessments for this kind of thing with clients. Again, they'll say like, well, why are some of these bad? And it's, they're not, it's, it's not that they're bad, but when we're looking again at patterns and like this, this group of symptoms and traits and what is driving those things, that's what will make it dysfunctional or not. And so if I, if I think that anybody in my life that I care about, if their behavior or how they look is a reflection of me, that might be something to pay attention to, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But this is so, so, so commonplace. And so, again, back to your question, like, I think this is so prevalent that people don't even, they're not even aware of it. People, like you said, like, people ask me this, and maybe I do know what it is, but I don't know how to really, like, solidify that into a concise statement or definition. Th that is so true. And yeah. so, it's... It does. It's a journey to unlearn some of these things and relearn or reparent ourselves, you know. But you've got to start somewhere. And so even just like going through these, like we're gonna go through some symptoms and traits here in a little bit and questions to ask ourselves. But if you do some of these things and you examine them and you think this is coming totally from a place of love, yeah. I don't, you know. This isn't harmful to me to to so do it's this. It's motivation is a yes. big deal. Yeah. Then that's okay. But we can have tendencies without it being a full blown something or other, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think again, just looking at this in a non judgmental way and trying to see like, does this apply to me or my spouse? Like that's just a really good place to start if you don't know where to start. So one of the things I say about communication sometimes the goal of communication in a healthy relationship is mutual understanding. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like as we're talking about codependency, the goal is there to be a little bit more of a just a give and take instead of just a give all the time because that can lead to some bitter, hurtful, resentment, and then the motivation why you're well, doing that's it. that's that unhealthy just balance. Keep them here, keep them there. Mm -hmm. and if, they, if I don't do this, they're going to leave me, they're going to walk away. Then you're pretty much op op operating in codependency at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And then that may work for a short term, but long term that's going to really probably be detrimental and tough to deal with yeah and if you're the one if you're the one um i guess i don't this isn't probably the best way to say this but like benefiting from the code like yeah. let's just for this for argument's sake let's say the wife is like taking on all this responsibility that's not hers and so she's caretaking and trying to fix and control these things that aren't her place to do mm -hmm. and that allows the husband to not have to you know, take responsibility or make certain moves or have... There's no mutual in that. Correct. Yeah. But, like, he may, in, like, appreciate that and sure. enjoy that. And so, that, again, that enables her behavior, but then her behavior enables his lack of awareness and his yeah. 
not doing so it goes both ways we're behavior. talking to people here today we're looking at maybe you are in a codependent you're the recipient of mm-hmm. codependency that's something about it because realize that may have a long-term detriment yeah. on your marriage you may not feel like your happiness and well-being and worth depend on like in the back to the husband and wife example he may not feel like that toward her and she could feel that way toward him but still he's a he's allowing it to continue to happen he's not taking ownership of his part so he's still in a codependent relationship and is contributing to that dysfunction. So one of the nice things about this podcast, we have the, the ability to, t- to talk to a professional therapist, which is kind of nice. And so, uh, Tara... And a theologian. And a theologian <laughs> or a wannabe theologian. So how do I know if I'm codependent? And again, we're not saying if, like, I think you've got a little checklist her, here for us. And so we're not saying, boy, I heard a couple things. I must be codependent. But if there's some things that stand out to you, it might be worth exploring mm-hmm. to see if this might be an issue in your marriage. And so, Tara, do you have a little checklist for us of yeah. I don't know if we're codependent run, or not? I'm going to run few, f- through a few things. Um, but I think, too, again, like, try to, and this is difficult, but, you know, as you're chewing on this mm-hmm. and processing it, Try not to do that judgmentally. Um, again, easier said than done. But just, you know, yes or no, or sometimes, or if you need to, like, look at the context around it, great, or I definitely want you to look at the context. But, again, if you say yes to some of these things, that doesn't automatically, like, put you into that category, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a spectrum to this, just like there is everything else. Um, but codependency is still codependency. So even if it's mild, it's something to work on because it can— um, it can ex- get exacerbated and made worse, but it can also like bleed into other relationships and different facets of our own life around our self-esteem, setting boundaries, our ability to communicate or not. Like all, it, yeah. it does start to affect multiple things. Right. Um, so some things just to kind of look at, like, um, are you afraid of like rocking the boat and upsetting other people, like offending them? So you may not speak up. You're, you know, you may have trouble setting boundaries or being assertive or asking for what you want or need in those situations? Um, Do you have a hard time thinking about your own needs and your relationship? Are your days spent mostly with worrying about your spouse or someone else rather than the thing in front of you or even like yourself when you need to? Um, Do you obsess or highly worry over pleasing others or having other people be pleased with you? Do you easily lose yourself in other people's issues or their drama or their problems or their needs? So kind of, again, like losing interest in your own life and becoming more interested or even obsessed um, with other people's. Is it more comfortable for you to take care of others than it is for you to take care of yourself or on the flip side, more comfortable for you to take care of others rather than allowing other people to help take care of you if you need it. Yeah. Um, is it more comfortable for you to like even give gifts to people rather than receive them? And that's a complex one, and that can be from different things, but like I see that a lot. Yeah. Um, you might overshare emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, financially in relationships. Um, and that even goes back to like, it's gr- like I'm all about practicing vulnerability and learning how to do that, but with safe people 
and like read the room. You know, it, it may not be the time to do that. Or if that is not a mutual thing, is even if you feel safe for that person, is that a safe way to do that? And so like, I don't need to go around just, you know, sharing the hard parts of my story or my money, even if that's not a wise choice or like, like even like loaning somebody money, I'm not even loaning, but like if I want to give somebody money because they're struggling, but I'm not going to be able to pay my bills at the end of the month if I do that, probably not a great idea. But it goes back to the motivation. Yes. You know, it's like, hey, if I want this person to like me, if I want to be liked by people, mm-hmm. or it's like, man, I feel maybe there could be those rare instances where God calls you to do that. Absolutely. And, and if, so that's motivation yes, behind it. And if yeah. God calls you to do it, he's going to provide for you, Correct. I believe. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he blesses us to, for us to bless others. I definitely believe that. But if that's, you're not feeling called to it, it's not financially wise for you. That's not a wise choice. Right. You know, those kinds of things. So we can put boundaries around our money just like we can our heart. So it and seems our like emotions. it'd be difficult if you're struggling with codependency, it'd be difficult to put up boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and respect them from others as well. Yeah. Definitely. A um, couple more things. And again, this, there are so many things that we could talk about to kind of measure this. And so I'm just hitting some of the really common ones. Um, a lot of times people that are in codependent relationships suffer from like self-doubt, low self-esteem sometimes, um, shame and guilt. They can be highly critical of themselves. And a lot of times though, we also see that come out in being critical of others. So like, especially I see that with like spouse to spouse or um, parent with child because y'all are together more and those patterns are probably pretty stout and frequent. And so that could even look like nagging or like trying to control someone. Um, Let's see. Yeah, struggling with boundaries or holding other people accountable. So standing up for yourself if you need to. A lot of times people that were raised by an addict or a narcissist um, or an absent parent can struggle with codependency. Um, So those are some of the things. Um, Let me, well, let me read these too because I like these um hard is it hard for you to say no when someone asks you for help um if you feel like you have to say yes to everybody and again you feel responsible for like everybody and their mom that could definitely be a clue um do you feel empty or bored or unimportant if you're not helping someone or responding to a crisis or trying to fix a problem in someone's life um feeling compelled to solve other people's problems Worrying about other people's opinions of you, keeping quiet to avoid conflict, talking to people in authority. Like, do you struggle with talking to people in authority? Um, yeah, those are, I would say, some of the highlights of them. Um, and again, it's, it's, it goes back to the, you might be able to live in this world for a little while, but after a while, this is going to, like, because, you know, we've talked before, and I'm a big fan of self-care. It's like I envision like a, a coffee cup. Like that cup has to be kind of full and kind of sloshing in order for life to really be navigating well that you're you're taking care of yourself. But if it's just empty and there's nothing left to give, eventually that's going to lead to some some struggle and some pain in your life. Absolutely. So you got to take care of yourself and there has to be some mutual um, receiving of love and in relationships and relationship with God and everything around. And that, if mm-hmm. that's being neglected, that's eventually going to, you're going to have a dry cup and it's going to be tough to live life. Yeah. And what we do when we're codependent too is we will allow ourselves to, for different reasons, but to tolerate mistreatment mm. 
and dysfunctional behaviors from people that we love. At home, uh, like, at work, yeah, the workplace, ongoing. anywhere. Yeah. And it does. It starts to bleed into other relationships and environments. And so, but we will allow that to happen. And again, that could lead to bitterness and resentment. But then, but we're still not speaking up because we have a hard mm-hmm. time. Right. So it just gets advocating worse and worse. for ourselves yeah. or saying, hey, that's not okay. Because what if I say that is not okay and that hurt my feelings? Well, then they could leave me or reject me or not love me enough. And that would be my worst fear coming true and be crushing. So I'm going to keep quiet. I'm going to keep doing these things and hope that like one day they're going to either reciprocate or they're going to be like, man, like you are worthy because you've been doing all these things for me. Yeah. All right. So one of the things we try to do this season is have a mindful moment at the end where we get a little practical. And so if this checklist of things we've been talking about, you're like, hey, there might be some codependent tendencies in me. So what do I do about it? Uh, if that's the case, what, what would be a, the next step from from the therapist's perspective? What do you do if you think, man, I, I could, I'm, I'm exhibiting signs of being codependent. I want to make sure that I'm navigating life well, continue to navigate life mm-hmm. well. Well, I think, again, trying not to judge that and just explore, like if you said yes to some, well, some of them were no questions, but like if if you feel like, again, you have some of those tendencies or traits, what is the driving motivation in those? And if it's to feel loved or be liked, or for your spouse to be pleased with you, then that points to like, hey, I have some work to do here. Yeah. Um, if it's coming from a total selfless place that's healthy and is not harmful to anyone, okay, great. But if you still have a tendency to do those things, I would just, again, pay attention, do regular check-ins, and then um, start to do the work, whatever that means, and it's different for everyone. But... At the end of the day, like, is your worth tied to, in this case, and you could look at it from any relationship, but is it tied to your spouse? Like, do you know where you end and they begin and vice versa? Or are you driven by wanting to do these things, continue these behaviors in order to feel protected, loved, whole, worthy and if the answer is yes it's also again it's super commonplace and i and you're not alone in that but find someone safe to talk to call your therapist find a therapist so process there's great books out there yeah Yeah. but just or even talk to your spouse if it's safe to do that and they may not even know that like like the reasons that you're doing the things or that they enable certain things or that they're, that they're doing this with you. And I, I would, again, just start the conversation and know that it, there's probably going to have to be multiple and just baby steps. And so there, there's some books that if people wanted to dig in a little bit better, do you have any recommendations or just kind of would they use the French term Google? Google. <laughs> yes, Google. you can Google some. There's some great ones out there. What I'll do, I've I've not been good about the putting things on Instagram this season. The but I do, I already have a, a list for that. So I will post them there. So um, Mindful Marriage Podcast on the gram. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'll even put some of these questions um and traits, so you can look at that too if you want, and I'll put more in detail. But um, this, you know, again, I think so oftentimes this comes from a really good place, and that's why when people, and it's normally get frustrated by it, but like just be gentle with yourself and try and be self, like practice self-compassion, which I think is so hard. And again, I think people who are codependent have a struggle to be self-compassionate anyway, mm-hmm. but 
this usually does come from a good place or a protective place. And so just remember that as you go through this and also pace yourself because it does t- it's a journey and it takes a while to work through some of this and to unlearn it and relearn the healthier functioning habits. A little self-promotion here. We have some old episodes since we're on season five of the Mindful Marriage Podcast about communication, about setting boundaries. Those things can be helpful as you read books and and just begin to explore this and see if this is something that might be, um, you know, because we, we want to, we're doing this for the long haul. We mm-hmm. want marriages and relationship with our kids and the people we work with. And we want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. And sometimes it's weird in Christianity to take care of yourself because it feels so selfish. But really, if you're not taking care of yourself, it's so difficult to do what Jesus has asked us to do, which is to care for and sacrifice for others. And it comes from a better place of motivation. We're in a place of health, too. Yeah, so absolutely. And remember, this is not linear, you know, and that's why we we do go back and forth and we do refresh or we say, like, the thing we're talking about today is tied to the thing we talked about, you know, eight episodes ago or whatever, because it's all connected. It influences, each thing influences other things and we do some, it is sometimes three steps forward and five back and just, you know, depending on the context and the season. So just, it's not always this clean, linear, quick timeline either. So just. There was a famous therapist once that told me this statement, baby steps are still steps. So we just keep moving forward. That's true. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. And uh, we pray that God will continue to to guide you on this journey. And uh, we could all be in a place where we're doing what Jesus asked us to do, but making sure that our motivations are from a good spot. And that we're being mindful. And that we're being mindful. Amen and amen. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Brock. Bye, everybody. 